Quick editor's note before we begin, we had a slight issue with Dale's audio during the last 15 minutes of the recording, so you will hear a difference within those last few minutes. If you typically listen to podcasts faster than 1x, you may want to slow it down for those last 15 minutes. Welcome to Guaranteed Adventures. I'm here with the whole crew with a new guest, Dale Spaulding. Dale is here and he will be doing a voice coaching session with us. Uh, You can follow Dale on multiple social medias, and we'll mention that later, but also in our description. But we're going to go through some of his voice tools for us to be able to use in future podcasts and a partnership in the future. But my name is Seth Kleinwert, just going around the table. And you got Tim. You got me, Nathan Kuypers here. I'm Kyle. (laughs) And Dale. I guess that's me too. Should I introduce myself at that point? Yeah, Yeah, go for it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm Dale. Uh, I'm here. I'm present. Woo! Great. <laughs> All right. If everyone's got themselves some water, we have pantomiming water troughs. <laughs> <laughs> beautiful. Beautiful. So as we're getting started today, guys, I want to begin. We're showing off a few of the different character voice reference sheets. So be asking questions. And I know I know how TTRPG players think. I want you to poke holes in this DM's strategy, okay? I want okay. you to be looking at things and be asking good questions about how these sheets work and how you might be able to break them. Perfect. All right? Love it. So I've tried to make these as open source as possible. Each person is going to approach this with a different voice, and that's intentional. So to begin, we're going to start with the character voice creator and variations. It is a horizontal worksheet. I did that intentionally in the design because I want you to be able to be able to fold this in half and keep it tucked in with your player's handbook for for D&D or for Pathfinder, whatever. Love it. So essentially, you always remember what that character voice sounds like. Uh, for the time being, let's actually start off going around the table. I know that we, you guys have had a kind of a repertoire of different characters at this point, but I'm wondering, are we going to be dealing with older voices or a future voice you want to use or just experimentation for today? What do you think? I think for me... Um, it'll be mostly a new character that I've got in mind for an upcoming, uh, adventure that we're uh, planning out. Journey 2024. (laughs) Coming 2024. All right. Uh, that's great. So around the table, I know that that's one vote for, Hey, this is the future voice I want to use. That's great. What is everyone else feeling? I'll be the GM for that one. So this is just me picking a voice. So I probably will actually work on my current or I guess at the recording in this will be past, which would be Garm from Tower of Lost Magic, just because I tried a Norwegian one. So we'll see if I can try that and figure that out and learn how to actually do gotcha. it. <laughs> gotcha. And for our other two friends, what are your thoughts? New character or past character? So mine's, I guess I've just come from, from DMing the current slash past time travel stuff <laughs> campaign. Uh, so I'm a little bit more... I enjoy doing a bunch of different voices, so as much as I'd like to add repertoire, I think there is one I actually do have in mind, though, for a future campaign that I want to practice. Sure. Okay. And lastly? For this uh, future campaign, I have three characters so far. In mind. <laughs> trying to, like, pick out... You will out not be playing three like characters. You'll be playing one, but you just have those in mind. <laughs> huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> You're like, I have three characters with, like... You will not be playing three. I'm games. playing all three of them. <laughs> Can't stop me. <laughs> That's excellent. 
Well, regardless if you're going to be DMing or playing the game, the Character Voice Creator 2.0 is going to be your best buddy. This is designed for iteration. So if you have certain qualities of your voice that you want to experiment with and to develop, this sheet allows you to do that. For now, go ahead and fill in the Character Voice Creator, fill in the name or the region that we're going to be discussing. I say name and region because for DMs, we're not really focused on one character per se. Maybe you're focused on a kingdom. Maybe you're focused on a village or a house. Even a single family could have a different voice than any other kind of character, but it gives you the ability to have some familiarity. And that lends itself to more realism because everyone in that region naturally would be speaking in a similar way. Yeah. So this specific uh, sheet is, uh, could be used to figure out the, the dialect of a region or more just like the sound of a region. This would be the sound of a region. Okay. Now this, the dialect creators, the dialect mastery sheet is what we'll be going into next. But for the sake of creating dynamic voices and iterating different ideas for you, that's what we're getting into right now. So what I'd like you guys to do is to put the name of your character, their race, their class, their age, their gender, whatever you, whatever factoids you feel are relevant for this that lend itself to inspiration. Next, each one of you is going to have something unique to what you bring to the character, Right. Now, even hearing you guys speaking, I know that each of you has a specific vocal range. I know that some of you skew more timbre and have a little bit more baritone to your voice. Um, some kind of skew more towards the tenor aspect. Um, and those are both, those are each awesome and powerful. And I feel like by leaning into those elements, we can actually help you find some really cool versions of your own voice. Now, why would we have this grid over on the side? Well, that grid to the right-hand side of the page is actually designed to help you iterate 16 different versions of the same four tools. As you guys are thinking about this character, I'm going to do this with you, and I'm going to do it with a character that I've had in mind. This is actually going to be a bison folk that you guys may encounter in our future collaborations. Cool. I'm not going to give you the character's name. This is just bison folk. That's the only prompt you get. So in my head, as I let myself kind of explore these tools, you look down at the bottom left side, you see the vocal tools organized in two columns. Tomber, that's kind of how big your voice sounds. Now, as men, each one of us naturally will speak from the chest, the chest or the throat. And you think, well, throat's dub, that's where the vocal cords are. Kind of. The vocal cords are actually spread up and down the throat, centralized kind of at the nape of the neck right here. So as you're experimenting with how your voice sounds, what you want to try to do is open yourself up to that. So it, rather than me kind of telling you how to do it, I could demonstrate and listen to you guys and give you kind of a view of each of these tools so you kind of know which ones you want to experiment with. As you're going through, you can pick up to four of these tools. So kind of check the ones that you are most prone to or the ones you would like to experiment with first, and then we'll jump into them, okay? So timbre, timbre for me is kind of the big chest voice. It's not a whole lot of change in pitch for me, even though for men in particular, when you do change that aspect, when you speak from the chest, your pitch kind of dips a little bit. It's just natural. It's a natural connection between the two. You can also go to the opposite end where it's super nasally up in what you call the mask voice, the nasal cavity, that emptiness where you shift it up towards your face. That's timbre. Pitch, it's like the keys on a keyboard. You go low as you can when you're trying to sing low and you go high as you can falsetto when you want to sing high. However, if any of you guys end up using falsetto, I might just smack you through the screen. <laughs> good to know. Falsetto is good for like over the top portrayals of a character, but for saving your voice 
it's not super healthy for you. So I, I never recommend using falsetto unless it's for a bit or a bit character. Gotcha. Um, texture. Texture has a lot more to do with what's called vocal fry. Now, if you're not careful, you can start to really strain that. So be very gentle when you experiment with vocal fry. That's actually focused more in here. So when you like, if you were to really push it, if you were to really try to make yourself sound like that grandma from SpongeBob, you know what I'm talking about? Yep. <laughs> what did he say? Chocolate. That's the kind of voice. Exactly. That's the voice. That's the texture that we're talking about there. What that's referred to in technical terms is vocal fry. You can Google that. You can research that yourself. But essentially, you're adding a bit more grit to the back of your throat like I'm doing now. Next is your energy. Energy here is more the emphasis that you put on certain words. It's the up and down, the dynamism of the pitch of your voice. It's not just how low your voice sits at its base level. It's, oh my gosh, all over the place. You could have a valley girl that just goes all up and down, like, what? Like, it goes low, like, whatever. And, like, how you experiment with your pitch will have a great impact on the vibe of your character, too. Next is going to be your breath. Now, breath is how easily the air is able to leave you. And I like to compare that to like a William Shatner who pauses after every other phrase to emphasize certain things. That, mm -hmm. That's kind of a stilted breathing pattern. Uh, you can add some strain to it where you're almost creating more rasp than you are grit, like we were just describing. But that rasp, that strain kind of gives you a little bit more of a, a strained breath. Or you could just let it out altogether and force it out as you're talking. There's different aspects, different qualities to that kind of breath. So is that breath talking about more like the breathiness of your voice or is it more when you take breaths or both? Both. Okay. It would be both. Let me say it this way. Let's say I have a character that speaks really, really fast. I'm going to demonstrate that right now because I'm speaking as fast as I can. So if I'm speaking in this way and I refuse to take a breath at the same time, you know for a fact that this character is just a motor mouth. They're going, 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 going. It feels completely unnatural. But in that, in that case, it brings emphasis to the fact that this guy absolutely talks way too fast. And that breath, that dramatic breath that I demonstrated shows you that this character is used to speaking that fast and prioritizes communication over breath. Gotcha. So in that way, you can kind of show that the breath of that character emphasizes his character itself. Mm -hmm. It shows he is talking to you. He loves talking, 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 but he almost forgets to take a breath every once in a while. And that might be something you clue into as a character. Um, when you breathe is going to be also an important aspect of that, the William Shatner kind of aspect. Um, but yes, to answer your question, it would be yes to both. Now, speed actually is the next one. Speed is how quickly or how deliberately, I like to say, not necessarily slowly, but how deliberate you are with how you speak. Then we have volume. Now, volume, you might, that's, that's most, that's really obvious for a lot of people. Rather than like saying, well, you want to be a little bit more quiet or you want to be big and powerful kind of a thing. I want to make sure that you guys use that to experiment with how you portray the character's presence. Not necessarily their size, but their presence. Uh, their age. Age is actually going to be an aspect of your diction, but it's going to be slightly different. Age, when you are a child, Think about this. I know that most of us, or there's a handful of us here that are parents ourselves. When you listen to small kids, you realize that when they're two and three, they don't really know how to talk that well. They lisp, they hold certain vowels and consonants too long, and that's exactly what we're going for. So if you want a younger character, you want to tighten your jaw and tongue because it, it makes you focus on those sounds a bit more, and it gives you kind of that childlike stiltedness. 
Whereas on the other side, if you want an older character, you relax your jaw and tongue at the same time. You'll, you'll notice that with a certain quality we'll discuss later, this might be a difficult contrast. And that's on purpose because you, you want characters that sound older by relaxing your jaw and tongue. They don't give a crap. They're old. They're like, <laughs> I did my time. I'm doing what I want. This is where I sit now. So related to diction, but it's more the musculature and the positioning of your jaw and tongue. Gender. Again, this is much more about placement. When we're talking about masculine and male speakers, they speak from the back of the throat, right? The throat, the chest, all of that. So we're used to that. For those that are more effeminate, for those that are female, for those that are feminine, you would hear a lot of the placement move forward in the mouth. The tip of the tongue is going to be touching the backs of the teeth more often, especially with those consonants. So I'm, I'm speaking right now, and if you think about saying a sentence, if you were to say, I think the cat is brown, you know and you become aware when you start thinking, where is the tip of my tongue when I say, I think the cat is brown? Rather than letting it touch the bottom gums and top gums, which is where most masculine men and masculine speakers would place that, feminine speakers put them on the backs of the teeth. So it sounds, it's that traditional sounding lisp that some people would think comes from people that try too hard to sound that way, but it's also anatomically the way that women and feminine speakers speak. It's just there. So that's something else you can play with. Next is your bite. Bite, I'm actually considering changing to tone. How a person comes off. Now, this is much more power, and this is kind of that last filler element. If you have a voice that you're just like, how oh, was that last thing? There's something missing here. It's going to be your tone. Tone is going to be whether or not you're icy and cool with someone, or you're kind of more reserved. Or it could be that powerful speaker, I'm going to attack you with my voice. So it's, it's kind of the, the, the balance between how much you attack versus how much you reserve your voice. Diction, what we kind of mentioned earlier, might come in conflict with the age. But if you play with it, it comes off with some really fun dynamics. Diction, again, you can mumble by relaxing your lips. And specifically your lips, not necessarily the jaw or tongue, but your lips specifically. Um, so you can mumble a bit more. And this is just it's basically what I want to do. If I'm going to mumble, I'm going to mumble like this. Versus the very high diction kind of a voice where you are trying to enunciate every single consonant and give each vowel and sound their due. The last will be your cadence. Now, I kind of hinted at this with <laughs> the William Shatner bit, but cadence is how smooth your voice goes. Are there stops in between? Now, your cadence in your breath, you might be thinking, yeah, that could interplay. Because if you're stopping to breathe, you're stopping the cadence of your speech. And I'm, I, as, as someone that's worked voiceover, I know what it's like to not let your cadence be affected by your breath. So you mm -hmm. wait until the end of a sentence to take that breath that you need. It changes how you breathe because I could speak right now at regular speed, regular volume, regular timbre, regular everything. And by the end of it, I need to take a breath at the end of a given statement or as a change of topic or capitalizing on that moment of forethought, building up to a point and then capitalizing on it. So there's different ways you can play with this, guys. Now, going through each of those, those are very overview type explanations of these principles. We can dive more into them in execution. Um, what I'd like to know right now, though, as you guys have been going through, um, I'm going to have you guys um, go to chat and type out which of those vocal tools seems the most appealing to you. You don't need all four. 
But for our purposes, it gives you a better look to explore the full functionality of creating these 16 different voices if you do. So, so far it looks like age, diction, energy, timbre. Okay. Now for each of your characters, I might ask one or the other of you to speak up and tell me more about the character so we can really hone in onto what the vibe is that we're going for. Love it. Um, and I think, Tim, you and I had spoken um, beforehand over Discord to kind of figure out or to share ideas with what you wanted to do. Are you okay experimenting and um, playing with your voice right now? Absolutely. To this point, guys, I want you to know that as we're doing this, creating a voice in a lot of ways is almost more vulnerable than creating a story together. Because it's, it's, it's a way for us to communicate emotions in a way that is unique and different. So especially if you know one another very well, you might think, oh, well, that voice sounds great or that might not be the best. Be willing to give one another feedback. Even after we are finished here, be willing to help one another and praise one another for having the gall to try. Because changing your voice up, it is technical. It takes practice. But once you get it, you guys have tools in your back pocket to create the best kinds of character voices you could dream of. All it takes is continuous repetition, continuous exploration of these things. So nice. know that I have zero judgment for anything that we share here, any experimentation you want to throw my way. I'm here to help you. So be here, be present, and let's do this. Love it. So, Tim, as you're looking at your character sheet, I don't know if you have it digital or if you have it in, in front of you. What we're going to do, I'm sure that you've got that A, B, C, D over on the left-hand side, those empty space for you to write in those tools. Have you done that just for your reference? Yep. Okay. Now, over on the variations chart, I want you to take a look at each of those letters, the corresponding letter and the tool, write it over the top of that letter on the chart. So so age, I would say, just based off of the what you've written up here, that's going to go over the letter A on the variations chart. Gotcha. Um, gender is going to be over the letter B. Um, we'll have pitch over the letter C and cadence over the letter D. Now you'll think, okay, there's a lot of pluses and minuses around this chart. Now, what the frick am I supposed to do with that? Well, depending on what kind of voice you want to experiment with, you are going to pick one of those boxes and learn how we're going to apply these pluses and minuses. Mm, gotcha. For now, the the pluses are going to be the extremity of a given tool, right? So the most age, the most gender bending from your natural gender, um, the most pitch change, the most cadence. The minuses are the underextension of those given things. Now, age and pitch are going to be different because they don't necessarily exist on a spectrum. They do exist on a definitive scale. Age, if you're younger, if you want to speak younger, have the age be minus. If you're older, have the age be plus. But this is really for you to kind of decide how you're going to keep track of this. Gotcha. So know that I am constantly trying to reevaluate and change things. For now, this is what's helped me the most in creating the most voices possible. Now, for those that are sitting waiting for their time, this is like almost worse than initiative order. I'll be straight. <laughs> when you're trying to like get a group coaching session, you're probably wondering, well, what can I do? Well, I know that you guys have some repetition for the tools that you want to use. Mm -hmm. So pay attention when I'm explaining those specific tools for your character and how you want to influence that. Okay. How you want to imitate or practice that. Um, so for you, let's sit on... A. And I think that you had age there. Yes. Age is going to be an area where we are going to be focusing on how 
the musculature in our jaw and our tongue are affected. Now, younger speakers have a harder time speaking. They don't have the dexterity that we have in using our mouths and using our speech. So they have got to have some sort of clunkiness to them. So as you're exploring that, I want you to try and practice if you're doing a younger character or an older character, let's specify that right now. Are you? I'm, I'm thinking you had mentioned you want to do an older character. Older, right? yeah. I'm thinking like uh, mid-40s, mid to late 40s. Mid-40s? Oh, higher. Okay. So the diction is going just a little bit. Maybe uh, 50s? Okay. It's for 50s the, or 60s. It, it's for the game that uh, Seth's going to be gming and so he's like just giving me the thumbs up like go higher go higher yep so it's 60 is that 50s and 60s 50s and 60s okay great so with your age then what i'm going to encourage you to do is loosen your jaw and tongue now at first we're going to focus on saying it in your normal way so as you're speaking normally i want you to say introduce yourself and say your favorite class in DD. Uh, my name is Tim, and I think my favorite class in D&D is probably either Paladin or Cleric. Excellent. I couldn't have guessed that. <laughs> <laughs> um, for your character's age, what I, enc- I want to encourage you to, as you're talking, be talking about something really important about Paladins to you. Like one aspect of why you enjoy them, try and speak at length about it. But as you're speaking... Relax your jaw and tongue as best you can. Okay. So you could start using your regular voice, but then transition into the relaxed type of speech. One of the things I really like about paladins is that they are both on the front line and can do a lot more uh, healing and also just um, the armor that they wear can be flavored in a way that is a lot more uh, religious and a lot more intricate because of how they can, oh gosh, that's hard (laughs) to like, think about what I'm saying. And then also Mm -hmm. think about like relaxing my tongue and my jaw and just like letting it go without Mm -hmm. changing the energy of like how I'm actually trying to say it. I know. Right. (laughs) I think that that's one thing that you need to know. Yeah, that's a very important step and something that every one of you is going to have to learn as you're experimenting with these affectations is that you are going to have to start learning to jump over the instinct to go back to your voice. And that's something that a lot of voice actors like myself need to do. So it's not even like, oh, I'm just going to ignore it for the first little bit and then I'm going to go back to my voice. Consistency in voice acting means you are you know where you are, but you choose instead to orbit around that speech pattern. Gotcha. You have to be hyper aware of how you talk. So if you know that you you have a certain speech to the point where it's subconscious, you have to conscientiously choose to do something different. Mm-hmm. So by focusing on myself to just drop that affectation altogether and be be that slower kind of speech, that's going to affect very much how my character is going to be talking. In the future. Um, gender. Gender is one, unless you have further questions about age. No, I think that was good, uh, for sure a good starting point so that I can kind of, because I've, I've felt like I was able to relax a little bit, um, but not, uh, but it'll just be something that I need to practice getting used to, uh, spending time like relaxing the tongue, relaxing the jaws, and being uh, just willing to let kind of maybe some of this stuff go a little bit more than 
like not, but, but not in a mumbly way, but like, right. Yeah. So gender here um, is speaking more anatomically. So it, it has a lot more to do with kind of the sociology and how it affects how people behave when they speak. So as this person, it sounds like you're skewing more effeminate. Is this a female character you're planning on yep. portraying? Yes. Excellent. So knowing that, I think that it'll be important for you to focus a lot more on the backs of your teeth. Okay. So as, as you're, fo I'm doing the same thing to kind of give you a demonstration. For most, they might assume that that's more of a lisp. And maybe to some it is, but in this situation, I'm specifically choosing words that have many more S's so that you have a better understanding of where that sits. So for you, you've got to sit and practice. If you have like Sally sell seashells by the seashore, really focus on getting the tip of your tongue against your, your teeth. Not if you were to say that normally, I would imagine that your tongue is going to hit the upper gum ridge or the lower gum ridge of your mouth. Yeah. So, and being hyper aware of that is really important to know that's how you behave, but to affect a more feminine manner of speech or to appear and sound more female, focus instead on putting the tip of your tongue against your, your front teeth. Gotcha. Um, as you're doing that, I'm not going to have you play with it unless you'd like to. I'm going to have each of you request time to have me hear you and kind of coach you through some of those aspects. I think, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll play around with it a little bit and, uh, more focus because it, it's not in front of the teeth, right? The, the tongue mm -mm. is def is trying to be more just right at the back of the teeth instead of like yes. in front of the teeth. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the time I will actually, I like to rest the tip of my tongue against the bottom okay. back teeth. So that's, that's going to change your entire posture. Posture yeah. is something that people use in dance as well. And how you carry yourself in dance as you're either partner dancing or ballet, whatever, that's going to change how you perform. So it's the same with your voice. Just kind of trying to keep the tongue there at the, at the front of the teeth instead of like trying to get it to naturally do some of the things that I want it to do. <laughs> and I'm, I'm having a real hard time talking now. It feels weird, doesn't it? It, it really feels does, weird, doesn't it? It's good. By the end of it, it sounds, by the end of it, combining these factors together will really help you. Perfect. In fact, the only reason I'm pushing four of these tools is so that you understand the potential for each one. Mm. You don't have to use all four. So for sake of trying to communicate that this character is different from me, you really only need one. If I was to do, uh, if I remember your character was older, mm -hmm. female, higher pitched because of the female aspect. And the cadence, that's one that we didn't really hone in on very much. Yeah. But even demonstrating that a little bit, I think that I would just relax my jaw and my tongue as I'm talking. The gender aspect is going to mean that I focus a bit more on putting the tip of my tongue against the back of my teeth, but still relaxed. That's a very interesting dynamic. You might realize that as I'm talking, I do have some kind of gargled words. You hear that it doesn't sound as good diction-wise. It sounds great when it comes to sounding old. Yeah. <laughs> So going into that pitch as well, pitch in this case is going to be, pitch is going to be different. So when you raise pitch, when you sing a high note, when you're like really getting into that guitar solo, you, that's, that's essentially pitch. What I would caution you on is going into the falsetto. Mm. 
falsetto is when your breath starts to leave your vocal cords in a way that makes it shift. So if I was to go, I have not warmed up. So I know for a fact I'm going to jump to falsetto. <laughs> but going from my regular pitch, going, uh, it, it's harsh. Mm-hmm. People that do voiceover hear that and go, ooh, don't do that, please. But the falsetto is when your vocal cords are no longer fully functional. And really, they're pulled tight. Think of a vocal cord the same way that a violin string works, or even a woodwind. The more air you have going past tighter cords, the higher the pitch will go. Mm. I don't want you to do that, because falsetto the whole time just makes it sound kind of like a stereotypical kind of a thing. I'm totally a girl. Don't I sound like a girl? No. As a matter of fact, you don't. So for you, you don't even need to go up more than like an octave at a time when it comes to doing those things. Right? Okay. Yeah. I would say pitching yourself up even just a little bit like I'm doing right now would be enough to kind of simulate a more feminine type of speech. So if I'm going to layer on all these tools myself and just kind of be a little bit more like this, this might be the kind of feeling I might do for your character. And sitting down, keeping my jaw and tongue relaxed as much as possible, but then also shooting my voice, my pitch up a little bit, maybe one or two or three notes. And making that my baseline, that's going to help me perform this kind of a character a bit more effectively. Gotcha. So putting it all together, uh, like for me, it'd be yeah, uh, relaxing the jaw, making sure the tongue is more in the front of the mouth, and then doing the pitch up just maybe a little, maybe more up here. It's not quite falsetto, but it's just right there. And... I, she is going to be a little bit more of a mystic magician type person. And so um, I'm also having a hard time not doing the voice of uh, like the, have you seen Megamind where he's it, like, he trains him and I'm like, your space dad. Like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> that, that's yes. like where my voice wants to go, but keeping it. Then let lower. it, let it do that. Okay. So be more up here like that and just mm-hmm. talking like that. The Welcome. one thing, one of the cool things that you have, let me interrupt you. I apologize, but let me interrupt yeah. you just so we can capitalize on that idea. Megamind's false identity in that situation is a perfect inspiration for your voice. And many times when we find a character voice we like, there's a reason because it, it's within our range. We instinctively connect to it because, oh, that sounds familiar. But in the case of his voice, there's only one change you need to make it yours. Okay. That is going to be where the tongue is placed. Megamind winked his voice way up here, and he speaks with his tongue outside the front of his teeth. Mm. You make one change, and you automatically turn it into a very much more effeminate voice. It's the same thing. I could go back and forth between the two of them because my tongue changes the shape of my mouth, so it makes it sound completely different. But as soon as I bring it back inside, it's essentially an entirely different voice. Yeah. So for you, that is exactly what you need to do. Perfect. Cadence for you. Cadence is going to be affected by the age, the the jaw. And I think you don't need to really focus on that one as much for this character. So that gives you the ability to drop the tool or add another one. Okay. Um, depending on how you're building the character. And again, I don't want to spoil anyone because I don't know. And I don't want you to have to spoil anyone to practice this. But even if you were to switch out, like, let's say you add some texture in there, mm. get a little bit of a rasp. So instead of the beginning with the the grandfather, I'm your father voice, 
and then bringing the bringing the the tongue back inside to be more effeminate, relaxing the jaw at the same time. Instead of doing all of that on its own, you might add texture and make it sound a bit more raspy. So it's kind of like that hardened grandma vibes, the old lady strength. Yeah. Those kinds of changes will help you create a unique sounding voice. And they don't need to be complete exaggerations of your voice, right? right. They can be even just a little bit of texture. Gotcha. Let it be that. And actually, I'm going to need to take about a five-minute break here uh, shortly uh, just to go help out with some family stuff. Um, if you want to experiment with that, if you guys want to play with that yourselves and kind of hear one another and coach and, like, try and give feedback, that's great. So so would it work once you came back that if each of us have been practicing, instead of going through each individual one like we did with us, we just kind of said, here's the voice that I was thinking about. How do we then you know, spend five, ten best. minutes then just refining it? I think so. Okay. For the most part, I feel like I was doing a lot of the things that I wanted to. I think I don't know where the accent of Norwegian would come from. Hello, Dale. So <laughs> knowing that and hearing that, overhearing that, um, I think if you're all right, let's I think you're actually the next one up on our list. Too. I am. So why don't we do this? If you've been playing with the character voice creator, writing your own notes, Seth. Mm hmm. I'm going to have you experiment on your own. Okay. And for the time being, what I'd like to do, I want to hear this character voice of yours. So my name is Garm. Uh, he is a street thief who is younger. He is uh, has a nor more supposedly Norwegian accent, although whether that comes through or not is to be determined. Um, and then he... Uh, He's not super confident. He, he, uh, growing up on the streets, he he's confident in that sense, but being out into the real world, so I, I feel like that comes out a little bit more in his speed, his cadence. He's a lot more thoughtful instead of speaking really quickly all the time. But when he gets excited, when I've done that, he gets more excited, and I definitely add more of a lisp, a little bit more to, with Garm, and it's less of a lisp in the teeth and more of a lisp in the top of my, uh, top of my, the roof of my mouth. I see it's, mm -hmm. a mu it's much more up there than up here talking like this. It's more up talk with the S's are more on the fat of my tongue versus the tip of my tongue. Yeah. Okay. I like that. So honestly, the age aspect is not going to, it sounds like this person is either teenager yep. or twenties. Okay, so I don't think that you're going to need necessarily a lot of the age aspect, the tightening or loosening of your jaw. Mm -hmm. So I would say you don't need to have that one on your chart. Okay. Just for sake of keeping it clear, making sure you're not gumming yourself up with more tools to know. Sure. Um, diction, I think, for a teenager, there can be a lot more ums and a little bit more mumble, especially if they're not super confident. So I like that. That feels good to me. Um, your energy, the dynamism behind your inflection is really what we're looking at next. And I, I think I could hear it a little bit. There's, there's a little bit of like, almost like a wince in your words mm -hmm. as you're, as you're saying certain things. And I like that too. That feels good. Cool. Um, lastly, your timbre, you were bringing it up away from your chest and into your nasal cavity, mm -hmm. which I thought was very well done. Okay. Um, 
you are looking at your accent really heavily, Norwegian. And I think that for the sake of like having them sound a little bit different, the affectations and the little tricks with your with your mouth and how you pronounce certain things and how you dictate certain things is great. Like it, it doesn't necessarily have to be, oh, he's Norwegian. Sure. This is this is a fantasy race. Because I would like say it's a fantasy story. No one has said that about Garm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So don't feel so encumbered by the idea, oh, he has to be Norwegian. Sure. He has to sound Norwegian. No, neither of those are, you are not beholden to either of those. Uh, as far as mastering a dialect in the future, mm-hmm. that's when we can start to focus in on, oh, you want Norwegian? We'll give you Norwegian. So sure. to that point, I think that with the time we still have, and I think it's 222. Okay. Now, what you're going to see, if you've got the dialect sheet, the dialect mastery sheet handy, what I'm going to have you do when you are looking at any language, and this is hyper simplified, I'm taking the phonetic alphabet, the international phonetic alphabet that takes all of the letters in English and then creates a new alphabet to facilitate specific sounds. Now, all of that together would be super complicated, and I wanted to distill that craft. There's literally professions involved with linguistics that use this as its base. To save you the time and effort, one of the things I'll have you do is to check out a website, the International Dialects of English Archive. Now, I say it that way because Norwegian happens to be one of the accents I have not studied. And I I know that I would not be doing a service to you, or to the sound of Norwegia, Norwe- Norway, wow, yeah. brain. Nor- uh, <laughs> Norwegian Norwegianonia. Norwegianonians, yes, those. Um, to give yourself the ability and the freedom to explore that and to have access to that accent, the International Dialects of English Archive gives you notation on how a person says certain things. Um, it's not necessarily full phonetic in a lot of the niche accents. So like some tr- some tribe of Bantu in Africa might not have the accent written, but they do have it in audio. So you'll be able to hear and practice. Now, how would you do that with the dialect mastery sheet? Let's use a less complicated and more familiar kind of an accent. Let's say we're trying to do Cockney, right? It's a Cockney British, it's very guttural, it's mumbly, it's, it's not very pretty, but it works and it gives you kind of rustic, rough kind of a vibe. For that kind of a sound, we have the list of vowels over in the top right, top left corner. Beneath that is diphthongs and triphthongs. What the frick does that mean? A diphthong from the root di, meaning two, means two vowels that go back to back. It's the same thing with triphthongs, three vowels that go back to back. So fire is one of those triphthongs and dire same sound. That's just for your reference so that you can nitpick everything you want about the accent. Again, dialect mastery means you do everything on this chart. But if you're just dealing with a fantasy race or a fantasy culture, you don't have to sit there and nitpick everything about your character's voice. So as a DM or as a player, you don't have to sit there and enunciate everything. You just have to pick up the simple qualities of a given accent and make that consistent throughout your speech. Consistency is going to be key. If, you, if you're creating an accent, people that were in voice acting for Atlantis, the Lost Empire, not only had to learn the language, they had to learn the accent of Atlantean too. 
how do you do that? That's why they had the linguists there to help them figure out, okay, B sounds like V, similar to Latin, or K is actually much more guttural. It's not just in, it's not just in the soft palate of your mouth. It's behind the uvula. It's like K. It, whatever it was, it's not exactly how it was. In fact, I know for a fact it wasn't that way. <laughs> but that's the Atlantean accent. It's, breaking down accents in that way helps you learn how to do it correctly, which brings us to the bottom left. Now, on this chart for the dialect sheet, you're going to see kind of that cross-section of a human being's face. You're going to see some numbers. Down there, you're going to have this number one down in the throat. That's called the glottal stop. Um, for Cockney, I chose Cockney for a reason because I love using it to demonstrate this. When you say butterfly, we don't say butterfly like you would with the proper English. You say butterfly. Uh, that uh sound for the T, the double T in butter, butterfly, is the glottal stop. So that's number one. So when you hear sounds like that and you, you hear Cockney practicing, oh, that's, that's in the bottom of the throat. That's the glottal. So I'm going to write that down as part of how I say my T's, my hard T's, because I don't, I'm lazy. That's just, that's just how the voice, how the accent does it, right? And from there, you can pick different parts of your mouth where those things are said, like, that's a little bit more like your soft roof, the soft part of your palate. Um, the uvula is more of like the G, the G, G. Um, the roof of your mouth is, how would I do that one? Actually, let's just go down the list. B is the lips. Um, K is, again, it's much more of the uvula soft root. D is, let's see, teeth and, oh, excuse me, teeth. TH is going to be your tongue and teeth together. You can keep going down that list to figure out how these different sounds work. But again, it is up to you to choose how much of the accent you want to incorporate over your own voice. And from there, it's practicing consistency to that. Okay, let's, if that's okay with you, I think that working with a Norwegian accent is going to be a little bit of homework on your part. Sure. However, where I know that, that that's up to you, even if you don't feel like you want to do that, you can still use this sheet to say, I know what I've been changing up for Garm's voice. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to say with my T's, they're going to be much more dental. They're going to be much more hard sounding, right? Yep. Um, as far as position is concerned, that's where you would write down teeth, lips, glottal, throat, whatever it is, wherever you feel like that voice comes from for you, that sound comes from for you. Now, you'll also notice some of the weird things is the last thing under the diphthongs and triphthongs and the consonant section is an X and a V. Now, I included that because X means that this is not a voiced sound and V means it is a voiced sound. So if we're saying it's, it's interesting because when you look, you see similar organization in the chart itself. The F and V sounds are technically the same. But on one side is the unvoiced sound, and the other is the voiced sound. So when you say F, that's your lips and your teeth together, and it's just breath. When you do the voiced, it becomes vibrative. It actually vibrates against your lips. V. And that's how it changes. So you do that with each of these on this list. S, S, Z, Z. It's, it, it helps you understand the dichotomy between voicing a sound and resisting voicing a sound or just breathing a sound. So pay attention to that as well. So this is all for you to pick apart at your leisure. 
Don't feel like you have to digest the entire accent at once. Just pick apart at it, little by little. Great. Do you feel like I've supported you in that well enough? Do you have any further questions? No, this is good. I mean, it's one of those, without the context, I wouldn't have any idea what you're talking about, but going through that really yeah. is really helpful. Yep. Okay. Excellent. And that's what I need to hear too. As far as doing tutorials for this kind of stuff, that's essential. Um, let's take a look now. Nathan, are you ready to go? Sure. So we also noticed, Seth, I noticed that you had your tomber over there as well, and I wanted to make sure that I spoke to that. But because we're going to Nathan also doing tomber, sure. I feel like it's an okay transition to give him the chance to shine. Is that cool? I love it. Yay. Awesome. All right. So tell me, Nathan, give me your character's voice. Let me hear you. Uh, we had just kind of practiced this over the little break that we had. It was a bit more... It'll be a bit more deeper or a little more in the throat than my usual voice, but a little bit more energy than I normally speak with. And so I'm kind of trying to get back here. It's I think this is about where I'm thinking of as a character voice. Like, how does that kind of what are your thoughts? I like it. I need I feel like I need a bit more context for your character. Sure. What, this is a D&D campaign, right? Uh, yeah. Um. If you could describe, if they had a class, what might that class be? So this is, I think we were kind of talking, it sounds like politician, maybe. Eh? Hey, mm. do what you want, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, thinking more of a hero type voice. So it's not quite D&D, &D, but mm -hmm. it's like the, I'll, I'll say the, the code name I put for him is Alan East mm. because it's kind of heavily influenced by Adam West. Like, thinking, Oh, that's funny. So thinking of more his Batman or even later in his career when he did his played himself in the fairly odd parents, like something more of that kind of energy and that enthusiasm. Yeah. So for your Tomber, Tomber means you kind of speak from your chest. So that manly kind of voice, I really want you to lay into that. I feel like you're doing it cautiously. So just really kind of... I want you to let, throw yourself into just it. Just go into it. It may make me project a bit more than usual, but that's that'll be fine. That's great, dude. This is awesome. Nice. Thanks. That was much better, Nathan. Like, <laughs> like, you leaned into it. <laughs> I, I love that. A lot of times it's it's... I feel so glad that you were able to do that. Yeah. When you lay into some of these voice things, you learn much quicker how comfortable you are and what the table just showed you. They respond to that. They're helping you see that's a good voice. Yeah. And we're Don't just encourage him started. next time, guys. Tear him down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yes. Tear him down to shreds if this is not what you want, table. <laughs> uh, no. All jokes aside, that was fantastic. Very well done. Um, your energy. How you use your change in pitch mm -hmm. to draw emphasis to certain things. Not necessarily cadence, but if we're, I'm going to do my manly voice a bit more too. Like speak from my chest. So energy means that I'm speaking much more with much more dynamism. Ensuring that the way I use my pitch to bring emphasis or attention to certain words. I think would be really cool for your political character. Right? Yeah. Um, your speed. 
I think that your speed, how quick, how, how are you thinking? You want him to be a little bit more deliberate in his speech? I think, yeah, a little bit more deliberate. Like I'm, I know I'm naturally more of a faster talker and I'm thinking it's a bit more slower than, than that. Like maybe not too drastically con- slow, but like a smidge. Yeah. 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 If it is, if it is a conscientious choice for you to slow down, then I would recommend you keep that on your chest. Okay. okay. Thus far, your timbre, energy and speed are perfect. Um, your diction, last of all, you, I feel like that belies a little bit more intelligence. Was that kind of the vibe you're going for portraying this character? A little bit, yeah. Okay. I would recommend, absolutely, keep the diction there. Um, okay. if, if I was going to do my spin on it, if I may, I hope this is this helped inspire your portrayals in the future. But laying on the tomber and then keeping my energy up and down and making sure that it's, it draws your attention. Um, the speed is much more deliberate. And in a way, what my brain goes to, because this is an impression that I do, I think of Barack Obama. As weird as that is, that's my inspiration. That might not vibe with you. So I wouldn't recommend leaning on it unless you're like, oh, yeah, that clicked in my head. Not, yeah. um, but lastly, the diction aspect of it is going to be, I think, what could be really fun to play with. As As a politician, you are constantly kind of responding to your audience when it comes to portraying one when it comes to how you hear them and see them in media they might have a temperament that's level but the dynamism with how they respond is constantly shifting so even like if you were to do like a barack obama impression it it might be level at some points and very exaggerated or emphatic in other situations but listening to their dynamics is really going to help you learn how they emphasize certain things. What is how they use their words to emphasize their power, emphasize their posture. And that's going to be important for portraying your character, especially in that voice. So just for Casey Giggles, one more time, I want you to tell me in character, as if you were on the radio and say, my name is blankety blank from whatever city it could be your hometown could be a fictional town it could be a comics town go ahead and do that in the throw yourself into the tomber one more time hello my name is alan east and i'm here from downtown metropolis excellent kyle's smiling because he's no he's next <laughs> you're on camera I'm oh no <laughs> All right, we've covered age at length. Do you feel like... Actually, let me ask this. Give me your character's voice introducing themselves and, like, their backstory. I haven't practiced it much, and I have, like, three different characters. But I'm going for the older turtle Older turtle character. Okay. I like that. So are we talking Uguay vibes or like Donatello yeah. in his eighties? Um, Uguay vibes. Okay, but I don't know if I can actually do that. I mean, you don't have to be Uguay. I know you don't have to be Uguay. You just have to be Uguay. <laughs> <laughs> Let me hear what your character for you. Let's start off with the basics, and then we can explore it together. So my character is from the zoo. You've been raised there for about 80 years, and you ran into some radioactive juice, and he became super fast. 
I love it. I absolutely love everything about this. <laughs> that is going to be so okay. hard to not laugh at when we're actually doing the. the it was, it was terrible because Kyle kept looking at me and I kept wanting to be like, and, <laughs> and, faster. Oh, Isn't that's terrible? great. I I don't. It's so weird for me to say I don't really have notes because I like it so much. So I have to kind of pull my biases away from myself to be able to give you something to work with. Um, I'm just biased for Kung Fu Panda. You've won me over the minute you said Ninja Turtle, okay? <laughs> you didn't even say Ninja Turtle. It was just Turtle. I was like, wait, Uguay? Yeah, I've, yeah. No, I've dated myself. The vibe is gone. Just kidding. Let's get into this. Could, Dale, can um, you talk about texture and how that fits into this? Because he's the only yeah, one. Yeah, that- would love to. Would love to. So texture is, you know that feeling when you have a sore throat? And you know, like when people do that impression of shriveled up mother from SpongeBob, it's just this really tight, really, really tight in the bottom of your throat, right? Um, That is actually, speaking physically, that is called the false cords. It's a secondary set of, of protective it's a protective membrane that's skin in your throat that keeps particulate from hitting certain areas. But it also allows you to get a little bit of grittiness to your voice. Singers, Pink and Katy Perry are two examples of some females that do it. Daughtry, I believe, is another one. But when you do it yourself, you can actually tighten it and practice it yourself. I would say to go to the extreme, like grandma from SpongeBob, Practice that aspect if you want more grit and texture to it, and then walk it back. So if you're going to go, what did he say? That's the hardest. You want to try it. That's that literally, I don't even do it that long. I don't like doing this because I know it can be damaging. But for the bit, for SpongeBob, it was perfect because it didn't last the entire season. So in that situation, practice that and walk it back. I don't feel like, for this character, I feel like your texture was great. You could even lay a little bit less off of it to give him this easiness on the ears. Mm-hmm. Um, but texture, I still feel like, is an important aspect of that character. So you can keep it as is. My only recommendation, maybe walk it back if you want to give him a light, a light, a feeling of lightness and fun to him. Energy and diction, again, we've already hit on those. Age hit on that as well. But I absolutely love the portrayal of the character. Very well done. I think out of all of us, Kyle's the only one who's had some actual like vocal coaching for theater stuff that you've done. Oh, excellent. I think that's everything for this coaching session for now, unless there's some specific sheets you want to get an overview on. Um, the voice coaching, I feel like for each of these characters is going to be pretty much all that we have time for at this point. We have about another 15 minutes, I think. I mean, we mentioned up at the top about the Game Master's voice randomizer. Randomizer. I don't, know, I don't know if you want to cover that in the last, like, 10 minutes that we have. No, or we I don't want to cover it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's jump into it. So jumping over to the Game Master's Voice Randomizer, those, the, those of you that are at home or even on this call that haven't been in front of you, grab it, let's look at it. And a lot of times people struggle with coming up with an NPC on the fly. Or even if you're sitting in preparation and you're like, how do I populate this town? I'm just dead. I have nothing in the tank. This is there to help you with that. So in my case, I would—I actually didn't grab my dice tray. How embarrassing. Um, but what I would do is to get, and again, this is completely customizable. Even though these ideas 
are here. They're fixed on the page. Don't treat them like you have to use one or the other. Don't treat them like you have to treat them the same way. So if you feel like if we were to look at each of these different elements, there is going over an overview, the sex of the character, the alignment of the character, the vibe, their motive, what they're going for, and then accents and character race. Those might have some elements of the voice. This is all regarding the character's voice. These might have some impact for you and how you portray this character. So what you would do in the moment, maybe you have this thing in your head where you know that your tieflings sound a certain way. Maybe you know that your Goliaths speak this way. And so it kind of becomes more natural to you. But if all this is, is just creating a new character sound, then it's good to be used on its own. You don't need to create an entirely new character. You don't need to create a new character voice. This is just for you to throw out there to have the world be populated and have a voice and a real dynamic character to be able to work with. So the sex of the character is going to affect, again, the placement in the mouth, whether or not the tongue is at the bottom, the south of the mouth, um, or at the backs of the teeth. The alignment of the character, that's going to dictate their tone, that bite tool. If you want to write that down, I would recommend it. And I've actually been looking at this thinking, how could I specify this or suggest some options to help bring this out more? So yes, I'm planning on doing that as well. The profession of the character. For me, I always treat, I oversimplify so that when inspiration strikes, it becomes more nuanced as I play. So in, in terms of profession, I have six categories of world building. That's religion, geography, uh, culture, technology, politics, and economy. Now, however that looks to you, that might affect how the character speaks. If someone's in politics, they might be a bit more posh, like we were talking about with Nathan's character, right? If they're working in exploration, they might be more of a ranger in terms of D&D. They might be a bit more haggard, a bit more, but less on words. They say what they need to. That's it. That's going to affect how they work. Um, the vibe of the character. A person's emotion or the vibe they give off is so important with how a person's voice Kits. So if you're a character that is a lawful good, but that you are sad or angry, that might mean that the character hits different. So if I'm a, if I'm a lawful good character and I'm angry, I have not seen in the past thousand years of the lives of my ancestors and progeny the number of people whose cowardice surmounts their bravery. It affects the tone. It affects the vibe of what the person is doing. Their motive in that little impromptu scene that I just attempted, the wording might have been weird. I don't care. I'm doing a voice. Um, the motive is much more about power, funny enough for me. I was looking ahead and I decided that power or influence was the chief thing that that character wanted. He wants to influence these people. What are you doing? He's a lawful good guy, but his pursuit of power means I need to empower you. So that's how I would portray him, and that affected my voice and motivation within that. The accents, that's empty. Why? I feel like every single character, every single player, every single GM needs a handful of accents in their back pocket. So this is customizable. From there, the character's race, whatever ideas you have for their race, mostly when I look at race, I think of size. It's weird, but I think of like if a Goliath is huge and a gnome is tiny, that's going to affect how my character is portrayed. However, I might even use that because I have this is one little trip that I'll give you as, as my little favorite gift. 
go on like some little nugget that I share with people. I like having characters that are physically imposing with tiny voices. I like having tiny characters with imposing voices. Nice. That dichotomy is just super fun to play with in my head. That's me. That's how I would do a character. So if I was going to play at your table and do a no as my character's race, I'm going to do something completely obnoxious and over the top. Yeah, I'm a gnome and I'm here and I'm proud. He like goes toe to toe with dwarves. He's like, no one's looking down at me. Everyone looks down at me. But you're closer so I can hit you. That kind of thing. <laughs> yes. Um, play with that. Let the race of these characters inspire how your voice changes. And really, because those, I've listed off 10 under accents and 20 under race, you can adjust them however you like. But if you look, you now have every dice in your set. Maybe not the D2, but you just flip a coin for that. You have every dice in your set ready. You drop one set and you've randomized an entire character. Well, even I'm thinking about this from a, a prep, prepping standpoint, too. It's like if I have, if I know they're going to be uh, either in a town or if I just want to get a backlog of some characters, but I don't want to like actually think through everything, just roll it as like, okay, this person is this and this person is this. So I have those ready to go. Um, but this is a super good, like in the moment tool too. I love it. I think that's everything for the presentation of the character voice sheets. There are others, but for now, I think that focusing in on these is the most important for you guys. And I want to ensure that people have the ability to check in on those. Yeah. The only other thing here is the character voice record. So if you guys are. A DM, if you're DMing a campaign and you know that you want a character repertoire for a given town, this is how you do that. You write down the campaign, the location or city or town or route or wherever you want to go next. And then underneath that, you have the character's name, maybe the inspiration behind the character's voice, mm-hmm. uh, their motive, their vibe, their alignment, and then which voice tools you want to use. Now, understanding that, you know, we're focusing purely on voices for right now, I also include accents and the biological information about their, about that character underneath, because I feel like those contribute to, but are not essential to the portrayal of a voice or of a character. So it's up to you how you want to organize that. Love it. Um, There's really no rhyme or reason. It's up to the inspiration of the DM or the players, and they have a record of where these characters are. And love it. And if you are listening to this for the first time, I'm going to do this quick little thing for those that are listening to the audio version. Make sure that you follow on uh, right on Dale on TikTok. It's the only plug I'm going to be doing for today. I don't feel I like plugging my stuff, but because this is a different kind of a discussion, it just doesn't feel it feels forced. Follow me over on TikTok at right on Dale, um, and you'll be able to hear me doing a couple different versions of this. You'll see me randomizing voices. You'll see me creating new voices, creating monsters. Um, and using these tools so that you have a basis for how to do so yourself. Um, if that's it, I think I'm good. If you guys yeah. want to have your own closing. Yeah. <clears throat> I just, you know, thank you, Dale, so much for for letting us do, do this and use your tools. Um, I, I know I'm selfishly, because my campaign is next, I will be using a lot of these, especially that character voice record, just to keep track of everybody that I create. Um <clears throat> Yeah, I very much appreciate it. I know the rest of the guys do. Oh, I know, absolutely. Yeah. I know Guthrie was really disappointed that he wasn't able to make it. Um, but family, right? We got to put that first. Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, yeah, you all will hear Dale again. Don't worry. We have a collaboration 
in the future planned. In fact, we're starting next week. Not really. We're starting next week on <laughs> what that looks like. And um, you'll see a couple of familiar, or you'll hear a couple of familiar voices, um, but then Dale will be helming that and uh, that'll be on our audio. So if you're listening to this on audio, just keep following. Um, make sure that you're following that so you get every single episode that's coming up in a couple weeks. Guys, it's been an absolute pleasure. Cool. Awesome. Thanks, right. Dale.